he's hung out with moose in the state of Alaska, investigated a game show corruption, and solved murder cases by the numbers. But no matter what role he's tackled on the big and small screen, he seems to always have had music in his heart. Time to meet him. Up next begins now. Hello everyone, I'm John Contratti and welcome to Up Next. My guest today is an Emmy-nominated actor, director, and musician. Many of us know him from the popular TV series Northern Exposure, Numbers, with countless film roles and a wonderful music career. I'm happy to welcome to the show, Rob Morrow. Ah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Um, start off from the beginning. You grew up in New York. What part of New York did you grow up in? Well, I was born in New Rochelle. I was raised in White Plains and then Scarsdale. And then I moved to, uh, I went to a prep school in New Hampshire for two years. And then I lived with my dad. My parents were divorced in, in uh, Southwest Miami for a couple of years. My mom still lives in Westchester. Does she? Yeah. What kind of kid and student were you when you were younger? I was a disaster on every level. I mean, I was just a complete and utter ne'er-do-well. I, I stopped, I, I joke, I don't think it's far that far from reality, but I joke that I didn't pass a test from the seventh grade grade on um i pretty much stopped going around 10th grade and i took a ged in my in, in september of my senior year which i cheated on and uh <laughs> and started on my illustrious career i was a teacher for 31 years would you have driven me crazy i don't know if i would have been it was yeah i would have driven you crazy because they were all like you have such potential you have such potential why were you you know i wasn't so much of a a troublemaker, although I certainly had my moments of being a clown and stuff, but I don't think so much that just more that I'd never show up, you know, and, and everyone would see that I'm a decent person. So why am I destroying my life, which they were right, but they were wrong. <laughs> in high school, did you perform in anything? Were you in the drama club of any kind? Yeah, that's where it kind of started. I, I was living with my dad. I never thought about it before. I was 15. I went to the movie Grease. Somewhere in the middle of it, I had this epiphany and I said, I can do that. Or I know I could never have a real job, but it, that looked, John looked like he was having so much fun. And I thought, I know how to have fun. So I'm going to do that. And then I got in the drama club and I, I got, I got the leads right away. Like I got Christmas Carol, I got Scrooge and then I got Tevya in Fither on the Roof. And, you know, so it was clearly... And my mom came and saw that and she said she'd never seen me so comfortable anywhere. So it was just kind of meant to be. I was just texting with someone from the movie Grease the other day who may be coming on the show. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Who's that? Dinah Manoff. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love um, that. I've worked with John a couple times, and um, which is an interesting thing about, you know, there's all these kind of synchronistic things in my life and in all of our lives. And, and they're they're really valuable, like paying attention to them because they're they're confirmations. I think that we're on the right path, if you will. You started as an extra. Did I read correctly on Saturday Night Live? I started as an extra in Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack, which led to Saturday Night Live, which is an interesting journey because so there was an ad in the paper in Florida that they looking for extras who could caddy, and I actually caddied as as a kid. So I went up there and they, they, they loved me because I was like a regular kid. I wasn't like a movie kid or a, 
or an older person that was acting like a kid. I was a kid and I could caddy. I could, you know, and so they, I was, I'm everywhere in that movie. I'm like, where's Waldo? Like a little fat version of me everywhere. And, and, and at the end of the, the movie went over schedule. And so all the caddies had to leave to go back to school and stuff. And I cut school for six weeks and stayed. And I became like a mascot of the set, you know, and they were like, they were all just took me under their wing and taught me stuff. And, and at the end of the movie, Brian Doyle Murray, Bill's brother, who, who co-wrote the movie, said, hey, kid, you ever come to New York? Give me a call. And he handed me this little piece of paper, which was like the Willy Wonka, you know, magic ticket. It went in my wallet. A year and a half, two years later, I show up in New York to start my career and I call him up. And uh, he calls me back and I didn't think he'd remember me, but he did. And he said, yeah, come on up to SNL. This is 1979. And he says, uh, and bring some pot. And I was like, uh, okay. So I show up thinking I'm just going to get high with Brian Murray. But he's like, he's got me signed up to be an extra in the scene that Rodney Dangerfield was hosting. So uh, I was like a juror in, in, uh, in this, this sketch called Substitute Judge. And cut to like 13 years later, I'm hosting the show. And I go in on day one on Monday to meet with Malorn and get the lay of the land. And I say, you know, I've been on the show. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, yeah, I was like, this extra. And they calls, he calls out to someone. They come in with the cassette and we look at it. And sure enough, there I am in the background. And that becomes part of my monologue. Full circle there. Totally. Um, the, big time, the big time comes in 1990 with Northern Exposure. Um, is that when life changed? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was like, you ever read that Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, with the concept of 10,000 hours? No, but I've heard of it. Called Outliers, I think. Um, it's a great, it's a great book, but it, it talks about how anything, in order to do anything to become a master quote, um, you have to put in 10,000 hours, which is equivalent to 10 years. And uh, I got Northern Exposure after about 10 years of, you know, doing plays in New York and commercials and, um, and that totally changed my life on, on every level. It's a great show. It's a great show to go back and look at. It's, it still holds up. It's a great. Show it's to amazing watch. how well it holds up. It's weird. Like even aesthetically, because we're all wearing, you know, or I mean, everyone's wearing jeans and flannel shirts and driving to pickup trucks. So it almost, there's, there's many things that are, that you can't, it doesn't feel dated at all. And also it was very ahead of its time politically and socially, the kind of, some of the stories they did um, that that's oddly enough are still uh, uh, issues today. Um, still in touch with the cast, stay in touch with a lot of them. Yeah, you know, for sure. Not, not on a regular basis, but definitely see them from time to time, check up on them, uh, emails or social media for sure. I follow Janine. Janine's the only one, Janine, Barry, and Elaine are active on social media. So I see, I get to, which to me, what's the greatest thing about social media is just keeping in touch with, with people that you don't get to see. Was it difficult to leave the show? But then you went into, you know, film career and quiz show was, I guess, your first big major film? Yeah, for sure. Um, it was difficult, yeah. And, uh, and it was messy and... Um, 
but it was the right time. You know, I had done 101 of the things. It's like, that's, a, it's like, it just becomes about making money. Not that I'm opposed to that, but it, at that point in my life, I was like, I've got to, I got to take risks here. I got to, I got to shake it up. And, um, and so it was, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. One of my favorite films is another one that you were in is Mother with um, Albert Brooks and Debbie Reynolds. Did you watch the new Albert Brooks documentary? I did. I loved it. It made me laugh, man. I laughed so hard, so much because all that early Albert, you know, he just was such a genius. I had I had such a fun. That was a blessing, man. It was a cush gig because Albert at the time had a really great deal where you know, they'd give him like $20 million to make a movie that I could make for two, you know? And so it would be an eight hour day, get there at eight, you'd be done by four, you'd film one scene, you know, it was all very relaxed. Albert has a very chill vibe. You know, and all I wanted to do was improv, you know, I was just like, come on, let's just fuck around, you know? And, and he, uh, he would let me after, after we got what he wanted. Um, and how is Debbie was Debbie Reynolds? Debbie was great. Oh man, she was crass as could be, and uh, and just a sweetheart. You know, real, really funny and charming. And I had a lot of fun with her. Did you study Albert directing? Have you studied other directors? Because I mentioned earlier that you have directed. Did you study Albert at all? Absolutely. I mean, I've studied all the you know kind of obvious directors of the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, and even earlier. But um, yeah, Albert had a real, um, you know, his uh, modern romance was very, uh, you know, is a is a kind of seminal film uh, stylistically, and 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 the the, the TV the thing he did, uh, 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 Real People, I think it was called. You know, that was even more seminal. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they those those movies entered me. Uh, viscerally and 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 cerebrally like you know like they're part they're, they're a part of me um all of his movies you directed the film maze with one of my favorites laura linney what was that like laura was great laura's a gem and you know i was i i ended up co-starring with her by default um it was supposed to be Liev schreiber and and uh he got a gig and so i had to you know it was i had already taken like i don't know a year and a half out of my life for this thing it was time to get on with things and so i just in order instead of trying to find someone else i just jumped in and did it myself and um which is i had fortunately directed myself in some stuff um but uh it's a tricky thing to do um but laura was laura's beautiful and she's so consummate and and i couldn't have asked for someone better in that situation because it was, you know, we were on a low budget and we're moving fast and I was doing, you know, 15 different things at every moment. Um, and she was very, very, um, gracious about, about, uh, doing what, what needed to be done. You went back to television to do numbers. I had an aunt who's no longer with us, who was a huge fan of yours. She just loved everything you did, everything you were in. But she always referred to you as that northern exposure guy. He, she would say, yeah. I'm watching this new show with that guy from Taxi and that northern exposure guy. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So you also directed some episodes of Numbers. Is, is it difficult? You know, you're a cast member and now you're going to be directing your fellow cast members. Is that a little difficult? 
Yeah, it can be, but you know, um, I was kind of sensitive to that. So, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't try to make them do something radically different or anything. Um, but on another hand, it's easy because I know everyone's shorthand. And so, you know, I think people just trusted me. And so it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really problematic. Um, as long as you're prepared, you know, the thing about it, it's just, it's just about being prepared so that, that you can take care of everyone's needs. While doing numbers, then you ventured back onto the big screen in the bucket list, Jack Nicholson and um, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. You work with so many people. Have you? Are you still in awe sometimes, like when you get a movie like that? Always. Fuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the reason I did that movie. Rob Reiner called and said, will you do this? And it was one of the only times I said sight on scene, you know, because he said, oh, you got like six, seven scenes with Jack and one with Jack and Morgan. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um you know, Jack was a hero and it was a very interesting thing because, uh, you know, I have this pet peeve as an actor and a director. A lot of inexperienced or, or less talented actors um, get in a close up or they get they, they don't they don't play the whole world. You know, they're just kind of there doing their lines, you know, and when if you watch Jack, he's always like, well, here's the thing, you know. And he's looking around like De Niro too does it like, and I learned watching him in the movies, and then there I was in a sh two shot with him doing those same things, and as I'm doing the scene, I'm thinking, oh my god, this is where I learned what I do is what is with him, and I'm doing it with him. I just did a mini series that Morgan produced uh, called oh, really? Gray House that comes out in June. Oh well, definitely have to promote that. So with all the acting, the directing, where did the music come in? I mean, did you play the guitar as a kid or where did the music come from? Well, I started playing drums when I was really young. And I, I say that drums are at the core. Rhythm is at the core of every expression I do. You know, music, acting, writing, uh, directing. Everything's about it comes down to rhythm on a certain level for me. Um, when I was in my t early 20s, or mid 20s i started to take some guitar lessons because i wanted to just be able to accompany myself singing and so i got good enough to just strum you know three chord songs three four chord songs but i always would keep a guitar with me and you know that would be kind of the way i'd get through the day sitting in a trailer waiting for the to go to work and uh that's about the extent of it until about 2010 2008, 2010, and um, I, around 2008, I started to get really hardcore into studying guitar, taking my guitar playing to another level, being able to play lead and stuff like that. And around 2010, I was on a show called The Whole Truth for uh, ABC and with, with uh, Maura Tierney, and we were shooting at the Warner Brothers lot, and the show was tanking. They put it like first few on the air and it just nobody was watching it and the pr people were freaking out everyone's freaking out and conan o'brien had come onto the lot he just moved into his show on tnt I th or t uh he had his what was his show oh, oh, uh, uh, tbs maybe on tbs yeah he, yeah. he it was just starting a show on tbs which he was shooting on the warner's lot and they put up a thing they to the pr people said anyone on the lot on any of the shows 
if they want 10 minutes on his website, they're going to set up a camera and you can come schedule a time and come and do whatever you want. So the PR people having seen me with a guitar said, uh, you, you got to go do something. And I was like, uh, okay, what? And they said, uh, you got to, you got to, you know, write, you know, write a song. I was like, write a song. And they were like, yeah. I was like, uh, okay. And then like, you got to do it today. I was like, wait, what? So I was like, all right. So I go in my trailer and I, you know, I knew a basic blues progression, 12, 12 bar blues. And I wrote lyrics apropos to the show. And I go to at the time and I, and my assistant holds cue cards and I read, I sing the song and it's on YouTube now still, I think. And, um, it was good. It wasn't great or anything, but it was, it was okay. And it was like a light bulb went off and I, I thought, Oh man, I just wrote a song, you know, and that started this, 15 year journey to studying, writing songs, writing songs, writing. Now I've written tons and tons of songs. And, um, and then I got, I, I started a band and I started to perform. I started to go out. I started to put my, my music started to go get on TV shows. Um, and, and so it's, it's became my, it, it's, 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 it's an avocation, but it's more than an avocation. Um, it consumes me when I'm not working on other stuff and, and, and then full circle with social media, Lisa Loeb was a social media friend who I'd met back in the day, but I didn't really know. And I just threw out to her, Hey, you want to write a song? And she's like, okay, next thing I know I'm sitting in her living room and we're writing what turned out to be shake things up, which just came out. Yeah. It was a great holiday song. Did you yeah. like the um, traveling around? I mean, I don't know how much traveling you've done, but did you like the going from like gig to gig or? Yeah. And my, I have yet to do a big tour. Like Kiefer Sutherland has, a, you know, he's similar. Like he's got a band and he goes out every summer for 40 dates on, a, you know, I haven't done that. I want to get on a bus tour like that. That I feel like I finally arrived as a musician when that happens. Um, but I do like, you know, I love people. I love meeting people. I love going to different places. And then music is the greatest, you know, icebreaker there is. So um, I, I do. I'm going up to Santa Barbara to play this weekend. I'm playing in Venice this weekend first. Then I'm going to Santa Barbara next weekend. I'm playing in uh, in uh, a place called Bogies in Westlake Village. You have a um, website people can look up where you're going to be? Um, yeah, I guess. I'm not sure how active it is right now, but I always post, they can follow, if they, I, I always post stuff on social media. So, um, that's the best way to find. I'm playing all these dates, like I'm playing with different bands, but doing my own stuff. Like Lisa and I are playing with this, I think it's Conan's band, actually, to tell you the truth. I'm not sure. So, when we play in Venice, um, I rehearsed with them the other day, great musicians. Um, and then the one, the other two are with this group called The Tribe which I play with all the time. We do a lot of charity st events and, um, uh, and they're, they're the band for that. Um, but I don't have a band at the moment and I'm not sure when I'll have one. Um, it, it, I just, I kind of like, I like doing my own thing. I'm trying to create uh, this whole kind of looping situation where I can play, just do my own little show. Um, well, if they follow you on social media, we'll be able to know exactly where you're going to be. I hope you come to New York, because that's where I can come and see you. I will uh, I will definitely. Yeah, that'd be great. Rob, thanks for taking the time to visit the show, and much more success in 2024 now. And um, I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, my pleasure, man. Uh, take care and uh, enjoy the winter. Thank Cold you. winter, Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm John Contratti, and you've been listening to Up Next.